hey, Joe Casaboni here, and I'm just letting you know that how I built it is now Streamlined Solopreneur. So if you're seeing a new artwork and a new name in your podcast player, that is expected and by design. The new name better reflects the mission and really what has been the mission of this show for the last few years, and I'm really excited about it. All the links in the show notes and how I built it will still work, but the show also has a new home over at streamlined.fm if you want to check it out. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, real quick before we get started, I want to tell you about a new newsletter I'm starting called Build Something Weekly. It's going to deliver these new episodes to your inbox with some insights, some links, some resources, and it's going to feature a listener who is building something. So you'll have the opportunity to submit your own work. If that sounds super interesting to you, I promise it'll only be once a week. Build Something Weekly. You can go to buildsomething.email to sign up today. One of the hardest things to do is put out daily content. And on top of that, making that content helpful, timely, and in podcast form. That sounds like a ton of work, but Harry Morton of Lower Street does just that. In this episode, we'll explore how Harry can consistently put out a daily podcast about working from home, from planning to publishing. There are lots of great tips, action items, and advice, even if you don't plan on putting together a daily podcast, if you want to put together a podcast at all, or if you want to try to blog more often, Harry offers some great advice here, but we'll get into all of that in a minute. First, let's hear from our first sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Yes Please Coffee. Upgrade your morning with Yes Please. This fantastic coffee subscription will send freshly roasted beans to your door with no fuss. Pick your size and how often you need beans and they'll ship you a unique blend of expertly sourced and roasted coffee beans. I've been drinking Yes Please Coffee for a few weeks now, and I have been loving it. Each week, I get to try a new blend of flavors that helps me mix up my mornings. And the best part is I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to go to some new roaster's website, look at all the flavors, wonder if I'm actually going to like it or not, and then finally order. Every week, Yes Please just sends me coffee, and it's new and different and delicious. Each shipment even comes with an info card about the beans and some other information like reading lists and extra stuff that I just enjoy getting in the mail with my coffee. So if you're ready to upgrade your mornings with unique blends of coffee beans, sign up today. Head over to howibuilt.it slash yes and use the code HIBI for $5 off your subscription. And don't worry, if you're going on vacation or you have a little too much some weeks, you can skip shipments or cancel anytime. Again, upgrade your mornings with coffee, great coffee, from Yes Please at howibuilt.it slash yes and use the code HIBI for $5 off. Fantastic, delicious coffee beans shipped right to you. And now back to the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How I Built It, the podcast that asks, how did you build that? Today, I am talking to Harry Morton. He is the founder of Lower Street, and he does a lot of work in podcasting that we're going to talk about today. Harry, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. We met at Podcast Movement a couple of years ago now. Is I know, that it right? feels like an age ago, an age ago I, now. I know. Like I think about like things that happened in January, and it feels like it happened 400 years ago. Like uh, right, so exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So anything that happened before 2020 might as well have happened. Just ancient history. Yeah. Exactly. Um, But so I I wanted to get you on the show today because uh, kind of since the global pandemic started, I know you have been doing a lot of content related stuff. This season of how I built it is focusing on content marketing and 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 kind of being consistent and I think you've done a really good job of that. Mm-hmm. Thanks. So, yeah, we uh, have we've yeah. we've definitely um spent a lot of time thinking about what kind of content is needed at the moment and and kind of putting systems in place to to do that regularly. So yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah, before we dive into that, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. Yeah. So as you said, I'm the founder of Lower Street. Um, We are a podcast production agency and we work uh, with brands to produce content for their marketing and branding. Um, We've been around for three years. We're a fully remote team. I've obviously here from the UK, as you can probably tell from the accent, but uh, we're kind of spread out across the globe and and so are our clients. So, so yeah, we've we've had an opportunity to to work on a bunch of different shows in loads of different sectors and learn a ton along the way, which has it's been really been really cool. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. And I know that um, it's probably really interesting. Starting a podcast for yourself is one thing, but helping brands start their own podcast is something totally different, right? Exactly, and you know the the weight of responsibility to make something good is is there too. So it's uh, you know it's been it's been really great, and I think what we've what we've learned from le- working with people like I don't know from like a law firm to a dentist to a venture capitalist to a startup is you know all of these audiences that they're looking to find are totally different, and so the way that you have to think about creating a show that meets the needs of that specific audience is um, yeah, it's completely unique each time and really interesting, and so we kind of you know, I guess hone our method of figuring out how we go about kind of discovering what that what that show should be. Um, that's kind of consistent, but the out the output that we get at the end is is always different. So it's it's super fun to kind of work on. Yeah, that's I I love that, and it's something that you know I've I've thought about doing, and I dabble in it a little bit. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that one of the uh, and this is like oh, I, I guess it's a little bit of a, a sidetrack right now, but I think it's really interesting. One of the hard things uh, I think that I've struggled with is um, getting people to find the value in podcasting, right? I get a lot of feedback that's like, Mm -hmm. I know I'm not ready to start a podcast or I don't really need a podcast or the podcast will just cost me money. Um, and, And so... As you as you figure out how to make this really good for the brand and make it worth their while, um, you know, I, I suspect that convincing them. Oh, well, let me start here. Do you need to convince a lot of the people who come to you that they need a podcast or are they already kind of sold on the idea that they need one? Yeah, so we're really lucky in that, like now that we've been around for a little while and we've been producing some good stuff, like people come to us they're pretty they're pretty set on the fact that like a podcast is right for them but but what they have to figure out is what exactly that looks like so yeah we tend to do less kind of selling on the or pitching on the idea of podcasting itself but more like actually a lot of our conversations are like is podcasting right for you like so you've you've kind of decided mm. um as a brand that the podcast you know is is the is the route that you guys need to take for your content and actually what we want to discover is you know is that true you know is 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 it the best fit in 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 your specific case because there's loads of things that podcasting are amazing for right it's a really you know the cliche that goes around at the moment is it's it's a really intimate medium right it's like one to one you're sharing earbuds with someone you can build like a really kind of close relationship at scale with your audience um it's really amazing for building trust um, with your audience because they get to know you as a person and you really get to sort of you know show show your knowledge um uh, kind of in a really kind of raw and real way um, and it's a great way for building authority and and kind of your your expertise in a particular space but you know where it's not so good is like it's not like a really viral medium as you know Joe right you've built this podcast from from the ground up and it's it's a slow grind right like it takes a long time to kind of build that audience to a substantial size over time it's not like if you were to produce like a an amusing cat, cat video on 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 uh, YouTube or Facebook or something and it could explode overnight like that really rarely happens with a podcast so like if your if your goal is you know we'd want a, a thousand listeners tomorrow or or we want to kind of you know add a ton of leads to our pipeline this month like podcasting's probably not the best fit for you um, but if you want to kind of build really long-term relationships that really are going to help your brand in the long term then podcasting's like a, a really great fit so I guess that's more um, you know, to, to dive down this rabbit hole with you, like it's it's more that's kind of more the conversation we tend to have is like, what what role is this podcast going to play for your brand, and and how can we make sure it delivers on it? Yeah, and I think that's really fantastic. I you know it's um, because it does it does lend to the if I'm going to convince people they need to start a podcast, mm-hmm. what should that language look like, right? Because it's true, mm-hmm. like you know. You could say, oh, you you can make a lot of money podcasting, right? Like Pat Flynn, like 80% of his income comes from affiliate uh, 
marketing, he he says. Um, sure. That's probably not the case anymore. I think that's an older stat and he has like a bunch of courses out, but sure. um, you know, like, but, but obviously his podcast is a, a big driver for him, mm-hmm. but how, right? Like it, he didn't explode overnight. I didn't explode overnight with this podcast. Um, and, and so uh, long-term relationships, I think is a really important point to make because a podcast can be the thing that helps people know, like, and trust you. And that's exactly. really important yeah. in doing online business. That's exactly right. It, it really is. Um, but I think, you know, there are ways that we can try to, you know, this is something I've done a lot of thinking about. And, and, and you know, a big portion of our clients are kind of agency owners and consultants, even freelancers. And, um, and, and kind of exactly as you kind of alluded to before is like, you know, for them, it's really important to, to kind of get a return on their investment relatively quickly, right? And so mm-hmm. what we've tried to think about is the ways that you can use podcasting to kind of fit that need better. Um, so not to sort of, you know, render what I just said completely invalid, but there are some ways <laughs> we can think about kind of making podcasting make more sense on the front end. And the, the main way for, for us that we've seen and for the uh, the consultants we've worked for is basically, again, from your experience, Joe, you've probably realized, you know, found that the podcast is an amazing way of spending time with folks that you might otherwise not have access to. And mm-hmm. so, you know, reaching out to someone and saying, can you come and be on my podcast and speak to my audience is a much more compelling offer than, hey, can I pitch you my service? Or, hey, can I can I pick your brain for half an hour? Um, and so what podcasting allows you to do is get access to some really interesting people in your space. Um, it allows you to align yourself with those people because if you're putting out content um you know, with these folks speaking to you, then then that automatically puts you puts you in their kind of realm in the eyes of your, uh, the eyes and ears, I suppose, of your audience. Um, and uh, and finally, I suppose what we we try and really kind of um, encourage is actually instead of thinking of the podcast as uh, a way to make content and grow an audience, instead we say, okay, well let's let's worry about the audience later. We'll, we'll get to the audience later. What would bring value to you right now is if you could invite your you know, ideal client onto the show and interview them, then you're building a relationship with with basically the perfect lead while also making some really amazing content. So that's one way that I think it can be really interesting to kind of push the value more onto the front end of podcast production, where the interview itself is where the value is for you. And then the audience is like a, a plus. I th- Yeah, absolutely. And, and just to reinforce that point, those both of those points that you made is... Um, if you invite your ideal client onto your podcast and interview them, that is, I think that's going to speak uh, really well to the audience because it's it's relatable, right? Like I've Tyson, had, like, yep. I had like the former CTO of Facebook on my show, and it was a fantastic interview. Um, yeah, that's incredible. But, and um, and and I I learned a ton. I like, it, but. Uh, and I've had like people like Peter Hollins on the show, and mm-hmm. those downloads were not as strong as the downloads of like small business owners I interviewed that sure. were in the same place in their career as the listeners, because that was very Got relatable it. content. Yeah. Um, now that said, I think part of the reason this show grew so grew more quickly than I expected it to was. I had Chris Coyer, who is a big name in web development, and I had Troy mm-hmm. Dean, who is a big name in, in WordPress business. Um, and they shared the show with their audience, and and it gave a little bit of credibility. So I think that like one-two punch that you just mentioned is is uh, it, and anecdotally, it has worked for me. I should say absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. But how long ago was that, Joe? How long has the show been around? Uh, this show has been around for oh four years this this month actually yeah yeah this is the amazing. fourth year but there you go that's four years right like I'm sure yeah. it, it grew quickly and it's been a, a great show for a long time but I mean that's you know that's a solid journey and a big commitment you've made to consistently publish great stuff and so that's you know I'm sure that's paying dividends now yeah yeah abs- well thank you very much for that and and speaking of so um you will will circle back to this um sure. but first i do want to talk about you started a new a new daily podcast right that's right yeah so it's called work well wfh daily uh, which is you know the the hashtag for work from home daily and um, we started it in just at the end of march 
uh, kind of really in response to the whole kind of COVID pandemic situation where everyone was forced to suddenly work from home for the first time. Um, and us as a fully remote team, as I mentioned, we're all spread out across the, the globe. We figured we were, you know, one of those companies in the world that were positioned to sort of maybe put some useful content out on that front. So we've been um, we've been doing that now for a few months and it's been really kind of a really, really cool uh, experiment for us and, and also just like, uh, yeah, really fun process and in, in growing an audience and, and helping people. This episode is brought to you by iThemes. Did you know that 60% of website breaches occur because a vulnerability could have been patched but wasn't? That means having software with known vulnerabilities installed on your site gives hackers the blueprint they need to take over your site. Every day, it gets harder and harder to keep track of every disclosed WordPress vulnerability. You have to compare that list to your plugins and themes by version and make sure you're constantly updating. To solve this problem, the iThemes Security Pro plugin created a better way to protect your sites against software vulnerabilities, the number one culprit of WordPress sites. The new improved WordPress security site scan powered by iThemes performs automatic checks for known website vulnerabilities and automatically applies available fixes so you don't have to. Whew, that's some peace of mind. And I could speak personally to this because as somebody who has repaired hacked websites, I know that it could be costly and dangerous to lose information, especially when it's personally identifiable. So iTheme Security Pro also includes a ton of other features to help you keep the bad guys out. Brute force protection, two-factor authentication, passwordless logins, and compromised password protection. Plus a whole lot more to keep you safe. If you want to start securing your sites today, head over to howibuilt.it slash iThemes to get the best WordPress security plugin to secure and protect WordPress. iThemes is giving How I Built It listeners a 20% discount by using the code howibuiltit at checkout. Again, that's howibuilt.it slash iThemes. That's howibuilt.it slash I-T-H-E-M-E-S. And use the code howibuiltit at checkout for 20% off. And now, back to the show. The first question I want to ask you about this is, what did the turnaround look like? Because end of March, Mm -hmm. um, at least here in the States, uh, that was... Most stay-at-home orders um, started on like March 13th, March 14th. So that's like two weeks from when we started. I don't know if it was similar. You're in England? Yeah, I can't actually remember the exact date, but it was around mid-March for sure. Yeah, Mm -hmm. here too. So so what did it look like from idea to execution of getting this off the ground? Uh, (laughs) In in all honesty, like... um, alarmingly fast uh i guess so so i guess the 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 pretext to this is that you know we've established we're we're an agency we're a podcasting team so we have all the gear we've got the audio editors we have the mm-hmm. writers that do our show notes we have the team that can distribute it so we're really you know with our clients we're up, we're setting up with new shows in a matter of weeks and getting them out the door so we're really kind of ready and prepared for that so we we have that luxury i guess um, but you know, in terms of coming up with a concept for the show and pushing it out, it was, it was really, really quick. We just thought, Hey, look, this is something that's happening. We have some value to provide here. Um, we think, yeah, we think there's a need for this content and this is something that we really want to explore. I've, I've for a long time been wanting to make a daily show because I think it's just a really, uh, a really great format. Um, and there's a lot of opportunity to, to, to grow an audience there. And I, and, and I wanted to, to sort of use it not only to make great content that's hopefully helpful for people, but also to learn about, you know, what opportunities there are in, in this kind of space. So, uh, but anyway, I'm, I'm digressing. The point was that, yeah, we, we decided, I guess, uh, around second week of March, maybe, and it was published, I think by the 25th, 26th. Wow. Um, so we just sort of decided between us. And at the beginning, you know, the, the, the start, it was just, um, Alex, my lead edit- editor at the, at Lower Street, uh, and I, we just jumped on some calls and recorded some content based on some articles that we read on the subject and kind of just exchanging our own ideas. Um, and since then, it's just kind of continually developed. And basically what we we decided is we're just going to make the commitment. We're going to make a show every every weekday. Um, we don't know when we're going to stop. Maybe we will stop. Maybe we'll never stop. Hopefully not. We're really enjoying it right now. 
Um, and we just decided we're going to make that commitment. And we've just kind of been, you know, uh, paving the road in front of us as we go. You know, we're just kind of, uh, yeah, we just figured start and, uh, and, and iterate as we, as we learn. Yeah. So, uh, so a daily podcast, I mean, I tried doing it for a little while for my patrons, um, when I mm-hmm. had a Patreon, uh, and I made it focused on news, which I think was probably a mistake on my part because mm-hmm. that means I basically had to record the podcast every day based on the right. previous day's news, right? Or at right. least in the evening based on the day's news. Yep. Uh, you do you batch your episodes when you came up with content? Did you have like an outline of things you wanted to talk about? What was the initial content run like? Totally, yeah. So that's really important because I, I, I was of the same view. Like I, my initial reaction was, okay, let's make a daily news show about this, something that's really kind of topical and relevant and responding to current events. Um, but we quickly ran into this idea that you've just you've just said there that like you then have to be making the show every single day at the end of the day, responding to events that have happened. So you have to then write it, record it, edit it, and mm-hmm. publish it all in, within you know a couple of hours, basically, which is. You know, we we knew we were taking on a, a project that was going to be time consuming and potentially stressful at times, um, right. but but we didn't need to add that additional stress. So what we we made this, this this decision to to make it current and certainly relevant to what's going on right now, but not literally responding to to the last twenty four hours or forty eight hours even. So exactly to your point, we do batch record. So what happens is we will well at the very beginning again, like I said, that the sort of process is evolving, but it started off where we would kind of collect throughout the week a bunch of articles that we thought were interesting around the subject of remote work, whether that's to do with your health, to do with um, productivity, to do with staying connected with people, best practices, technology, all these kinds of things that, that are relevant for people that are moving from a, an office to to working from home and what they need. Collating a bunch of those um, articles, we use Notion, so we stored everything there. And then Alex and I would meet once a week on a Wednesday for an hour um, and just record a bunch of conversations. And we typically get kind of three to five episodes worth of, of content in each session. Um, and, you know, at the beginning, we didn't do a, a whole lot of preparation, to be honest. We just kind of turned mm-hmm. up. We had these articles and our own opinions and we just would make conversation. Um, and we're definitely learning as time goes on that the more preparation we do, you know, the better the content is received and, you know, the better it does. Um, but like I said, it was more important to us to just get stuff out there and, and learn as we went. Um, but yeah, so batch recording is a, is a super important one in terms of kind of being able to commit to that that regular cadence. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I am in a similar boat as you, my friend, and I started a local podcast in response to COVID-19. Cool. And we turned it around really quickly and... Same thing. We just wanted to get the content out there. But now I think as we refine our process, the content is definitely being better received. Uh, we're we're mm-hmm. getting higher profile guests. This was a, a something that we decided was we wanted to interview politicians and local business owners. Very cool. Um, yeah. And so we, uh, you know, scheduling uh, is a little hard at times, uh, especially finding like a, a good diverse group of voices. Um, sure. Yeah. In short order, but we're doing our best. But I, preparation is, I think, uh, really important. But to your point, you launched and then refined. Right. The beauty of of doing a yeah. a digital thing mm-hmm. is that it doesn't need to be perfect the first time around. Right. Totally. One hundred percent. I'm. I have been so guilty of overthinking and procrastinating on projects before. Um. You know, I'm not willing to put something out until it's perfect. Like we're actually working on another show, which is just, which is a season. It's like six fixed episodes of content on a specific topic. Um, And we've been kicking this one around for some time now because we just want to make it just perfect before it goes out. Um, Whereas this was the perfect opportunity to say, no, let's just put out whatever we can and every day we'll try and get better. And, uh, and I think that's so much better than, than not, not starting. Cause there's, there's only one way to learn what works and that is by putting it out there and seeing what, what the public react to. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. and so, so to, to go back to your process, you do batch mm-hmm. record, you collect interesting 
articles throughout the week. You and your co-host record a bunch of conversations. Are they like definitive stop and start conversations or do you have like a a long conversation that you kind of break up into different episodes? Is there an intro and an outro to your podcast? What's the the post-production look like? Yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of a mixture of both of those things. We have now started to introduce interviews into the show, which has been really, really helpful. That kind of you know, adding new voices, keeping it fresh, um, has been has been really really helpful. So we're actually you know planning to do more and more um, interview shows. We've also started int- in- to introduce some um, episodes with just me and my wife and my son, who's one. We kind of you know because nice. the show is about <laughs> yeah, our show is about working from home, and so my wife, I, you know, I obviously run this company from from home, um, but my wife works in an office or did until COVID nineteen, and so we kind of have. Uh, we go. We live here in the country, and so we go out walking. And I record a conversation between my wife and I about how we're going to sort out childcare and all that kind of stuff. And those those have been received really well too, actually, um, which is which has been fun. So there's a, a couple of different formats that we play with, um, uh, and in terms of the post production, what that looks like is that we'll have that conversation that'll get edited down um, by Alex, our, our editor, and then he sends that to me, and then I kind of listen to those and then just do sort of a bunch of intros and outros each time. I prefer to kind of keep, uh, well, many of our client projects will, will have like a, an intro and an outro that stays the same on every single episode, whatever happens. It's kind of got their music and it's got their sponsor mm-hmm. messages and all that kind of stuff. But with this, we because it's a short form show, it's only 10 minutes long or less, um, we want it to kind of be fresh. And we also, it's really important to get to the get to the meat of the content really quickly in order to we've definitely seen that in terms of how long people listen to the show if you can get into the meat of the conversation really really quickly that really helps with making sure that people listen to the whole episode so i just record uh intros and outros fresh every single time so they always sound kind of current and fresh and they can be super short and sweet and so that takes me kind of you know half an hour to record a bunch of those um and then yeah we send that back to to alex the editor and he he publishes them for me um so that's that's more or less the the process i think just kind of to your point around process generally yeah i think batch recording is really important to get a bunch of content done at one time having a routine has been really important for us so like for us wednesday mornings is recording day and so we just sit down alex and i and whatever's happening we'll spend an hour first thing in the morning just getting the content done um and and obviously you know if we're interviewing folks that happens when it happens mm-hmm. um but we just always know we've got that that wednesday meeting to to do that sort of stuff and i think having that schedule that's in your calendar every week you know you know it's going to come up and you just prepare for it and it, it happens um i also think another thing that i wanted to kind of share around this is that it you know being a daily show they tend to be shorter form because frankly that's what's realistic but also yeah. it's it's maybe what people need they don't necessarily want to listen to an hour long show every day right so you know keeping that content short really helps with being able to kind of um publish on a consistent basis as well so um so yeah i think those things have all helped yeah now have you have you noticed cuz i've I've noticed my own podcast habits uh, change, even though I don't commute, which is super weird. Uh, mm. Like I drive my daughter to daycare when when daycare yep. will be open again, but or well, when, when we're ready to send her back, I should say. Sure. Um, but and I would, but she doesn't even like listening to podcasts. She wants to listen to like <laughs> Peter Hollins or some other. He, the second time I mentioned him on the show, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> uh, but you know, Shut she up. likes to listen to music. Um, have you noticed uh, your uh, podcast habits change and has that affected the, the way that you decided to put out this content? Yeah. Um, it, I, I find it strange too, Joe, because my, my, my habits have changed too. I don't commute. <laughs> I didn't have a commute before and I don't have one now. Yeah. But I've re- my habits, have, I'm much, much more selective in terms of what I listen to for some reason. Um, I found that since... Since COVID, I've just been much more. I've just been busier. Um, that's probably mm-hmm. out of that's probably out of panic more than anything else. Um, yeah. And I do feel I do get the sense that it's starting to calm down. But what that's meant is I feel like I've got less time for for, for content. And so I am really I'm very choosy. And so it's certainly from my perspective much easier to make it into my into my uh, kind of content diet if if it's a short form show. So for example, you and I both know James Cridland who makes the Pod News. Um, yep podcast industry podcast i make time for that um, most days because i know it's really short and i can i can get an update on what's happening in our industry and it's uh, really worth my time so that definitely kind of went into into the decision making around what kind of show we wanted to make um but i think also 
there's just, you know, this is certainly a, a takeaway for anyone that's listening that's thinking about making a show is there is a lot of demand, I think, for for daily content right now. I think there's a real opportunity in in the daily content space if I were wanting to sound like a really kind of boring you know, corporate person, but, um, but, but there is, I think that there's a lot of unmet needs. So right now we have, you know, these daily shows that are, you know, the New York daily, we've got a lot in the UK here for the same sort of stuff of just news-based content. But I think, you know, we're talking about, you know, sports or industry current events or, or whatever. I think there's a lot of, um, a lot of opportunity to kind of give people bite-sized pieces of content, um, that that is not being met in other places i think there's a there's a wealth of content where we talk about kind of interview shows that might be an hour long um but actually if you can if you can think of a way to to deliver that same kind of value in a shorter form um i think there's 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 a great fit there for a lot of a lot of um content creators today's episode is brought to you by smile and their product text expander save time typing and boost your productivity with Text Expander. You know I'm all about automation and Text Expander is a great way to get started with automation. It allows you to create your own snippets for repetitive text you tend to use everywhere. Add the text, create a snippet, and boom, save precious time and keystrokes. One of my favorite snippets is for my address. So instead of typing out my full address and risking typos, I simply type dollar sign A-D-D-R and Text Expander does the rest, filling in my full address for me. I also have snippets for my street, my city, and my zip code. But that's not all Text Expander does. With its advanced snippets, you can create fill-ins, pop-up fields, and more. You can even use JavaScript or AppleScript. Another one of my favorite and most used snippets is when I type PPT. That will take whatever text I have on my clipboard and convert it to plain text. So I'm no longer fighting formatting when I copy from a Word document, a Google Doc, or a plain HTML page, like a website. I also use it for common links, email messages, which I can completely customize with fill-ins and drop-down menus, and even date calculations. I'm currently writing a book, and Text Expander has been instrumental with that. Text Expander is available on macOS, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. So pretty much anywhere you do computing. If you've been curious about trying Text Expander or automation in general, now's the time. As a listener, you can get 20% off your first year. Just visit textexpander.com/podcast and let them know how I built it sent you. That's textexpander.com/podcast for 20% off your first year. And now back to the show. I agree that kind of making making time for good content, you know, one of my favorite shows uh, is Scrubs. Mm-hmm. And Zach Braff and Donald Faison just started real um, Fake Doctors, Real Friends, which is a, it's supposed to be a rewatch podcast. I've heard of this, yeah. Yeah, it's, which the first few episodes were like focused and fantastic. But the last few episodes have been nearly two hours long wow. and mostly them just like reminiscing with whoever their guest is. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm really just like, I want to know about the show. Like, it's great yeah. that you get to catch up with Sarah Chalk and talk about like that crazy day in Cabo or whatever. But like, <laughs> I really wish that you would talk about the show. Sure. So even though I want to listen to it, mm-hmm. I'm just like two hours is a big commitment. Like I listen to Upgrade and Connected from Relay FM. Those are the two long podcasts I listen to. And then everything else is a little bit shorter. So yeah, I think that absolutely. you're right. Yeah. And I think we have to think about what, you know, what are people's lives looking at looking like right now? And I guess I suppose I should also say it's important not to make too many decisions and ba- decisions based on what is going on right now, because this is not like our usual state of affairs. But nevertheless, people's habits are changing and we're not commuting so much. And that's probably not, you know, that's never going to go back to hundred percent like it was before because now more mm-hmm. companies are working remotely. Um, so people aren't commuting. They don't have that time, that kind of dead space for half an hour or so each side of their, their work day. Um, you know, the times that they have available to them to, to fit podcasting into their routine is, is, is different. Um, and so I think that there's a lot more cool for these kind of bite-sized chunks of content, whether that's in podcasting, but also in video or in the, you know, written, written stuff. I think we're seeing a big kind of uptick in 
the kind of stuff that people are really engaging with on social because it kind of has to fit into these new routines and habits that we've got. You know, you're now trying to get your job done, but also make sure that your your kid has had their lunch and is, you know, doing some homework. And then, you know, you're not having to get in the car and drive anywhere. So you're probably going to do some cleaning um, when you've got some downtime. And so all of these things kind of impact the way that we're consuming content. I think that that's, yeah, one of the, one of the drivers that's changing things right now. And uh, it'll be really interesting to see how that kind of plays out over the next six months or so. For sure. I think you make a good point, right? That like the way it is right now will probably, hopefully not be the way it is at six sure, months. Yeah. Yeah. But there are going to be long lasting changes, right? It would be definitely, yeah. I think it would be a bad business decision for a lot of companies in San Francisco to be like, everybody has to come back to our office even though you all did your job well from home. Exactly. We like paying that million dollar a month rent or whatever. 100%. So, yep. Yeah. Yep. So that's that's great. So uh, I love what you're doing with the, the Work From Home Daily podcast. I love these tips that you provided us. Um, and you were equipped because you have uh, you have an agency. We touched a little bit of, uh, we touched on this a little bit in the beginning of the show, but um, how how do you help brands come up with their own content? I mean, like so so uh, I have the I, I have the perception, and I think it's right that you spend mm-hmm. a lot of your day helping yourself or helping other people come up with content. Is that right? Yeah, it is. And um, yeah, it, it, it's it's a, like I kind of alluded to at the beginning, it's it's a really interesting and unique channel, challenge with every brand that you're dealing with. So um, we, we have kind of a couple of formats that we're familiar with in podcasting specifically. You know, we've got the interview-led show. We've talked about the daily short form, maybe news bulletin show or a kind of a, 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 a solo kind of um, monologue style show. You know, we also have the, the kind of NPR style narrative-led pieces which are which are really interesting and stuff that we're really excited by and doing a lot of work with at the moment um and so yeah coming up with the right format is is super important and the main reason for that and the main kind of piece of information that that leads into finding what kind of content we should be creating and and how we go about that is thinking about who your target listener is so we we talked at the beginning about you know why are you podcasting is podcasting the right fit for you once you've found that 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 is the case it's really important to have a really clear vision of what the podcast is 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 built for in your in your specific case so some of those use cases that is common among our clients and you know we often sort of encourage people to think about is you know are you using podcasting because you want to grow your personal network in terms of you know who, you know all of those sort of serendipitous connections that that lead to all kinds of opportunities in the future. So networking is a really big one. Um, you know, building authority in your space. If you want to position yourself as a thought leader, if you're new to an industry and you want to establish yourself, or if you've been there for a long time but you kind of really want to, you know, look towards getting more speaking engagements and be just more uh, known in your industry, then you know, podcast is is, is a great thing, and, and the content will be different in the, in that sense. If you know, if the show is just about making sales. Then we need to make sure that the content um, is going is, is gonna to deliver on that, and you know, and, and, and obviously that there's the fact that some people just want to have a podcast to build an audience, and and so we really want to understand what what that goal is, um, because that will clearly say, okay, so that's that's our end goal. What kind of show do we need to make? And then the other question to ask yourself is, who is our ideal listener? If we could have only the question I always ask a client is, if you could only have 100 people listen to this show, who would they be? And so that might be, let's say, I don't know, C-suite exec- executives from the greater I don't know, Boston area. Um, or it might be, you know, we want to we want to um, reach uh, millennials that are in the creative industries in, you know, South America or whatever. So you have that really kind of clear idea of who, who your target listener is. And when we know who they are, then that really informs what kind of format's going to resonate best with them. You know, what do they need in your in their life that you're show could provide them. So in this in the case of the C suite, these are really busy folks. Like fitting into their daily routine is going to be so hard. And so you have to find a, a either either a piece of content that's so compelling that they can't ignore it or something that will fit into their routine. So that might be that five minute, 10 minute episode that's really short and succinct. Um, you know, if you if you're really interested in creative millennials, then you know, you might be able to um get hours of their time, uh, you know, at a time. And so it might make loads of sense to have really long, in-depth interviews that are very kind of rich in, in their storytelling and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I think, 
yeah, when we're coming up with what kind of content we need to make um, and and how that plays out in 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 the podcast kind of structure and format is, you know, what's the purpose of the podcast and who's it trying to reach? And then we can kind of work backwards from that. Awesome. Awesome. I, I love that. And I think it's, um, I, I want to ask you, is there like a, a niche that is too specific, right? Like you mentioned like mm. millennials in the creative industry in South America. Um, is that like the right amount of specificity? Cause I know like business owners is absolutely too broad, right? Right, 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 right. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, probably wasn't the best example because I, but, but I, mean, I, I, liked, so, it, so I, I liked it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but no, to, but to your point, I think there is no such thing as a, an audience that's too specific. And I tell this to clients all the time because so many people are worried that they won't get enough listeners to their show. I think the, the easiest way to kill a show is, is if it, you know, if your audience speaks to everybody, then no one's going to resonate with it deeply. That's not my idea. I think it's Seth Godin or someone else that's far cleverer mm-hmm. than I am. But the, the, <laughs> the fact is, the fact is, unless you know, unless you're really speaking to someone very, very um, specifically and in a very focused way, you're not going to be able to find. You know, no one's going to be, you know, so so excited to listen to that content. And what we want to try and do is make the person we want to reach. We want to try and make their favorite show. So. So I think the more specific you can be, and and I in both examples there I use kind of geography, which actually is mm. maybe not the best kind of way to to, to niche down or, or be clear. I think it's just, um, yeah, being being clear of who your avatar is, um, and the more specific you can be, whether that's industry based or personality type or age or um, gender or whatever. Um, I think having those ideas can just yeah really really help you make something that's differentiated, right? Because there's so many podcasts out there. And, and if you're going to make something that's really unique and speaks to, to people, um, you know, in a new way, then you need to be, you need to be pretty, pretty, pretty niche. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and, you know, like you said earlier, like podcasting is an, an intimate medium and mm-hmm. you want, you want that person to feel like you are talking to them, exactly. right? Uh, so, exactly. Trying to talk to everybody makes them feel like you're not talking to them, right? And that's exactly I, right. Yeah, and and also it doesn't. You're not limiting yourself to then broaden later, right? You know, because at the mm-hmm. beginning you want to have that really kind of specific um, focus so that you can grow that initial audience. That you know, those early adopters, those passionate fans. Once you've once you've got that, and you feel like you're you're really well set in that space, then you can start to kind of slowly branch out and and broaden the appeal um, in certain ways. And so you're not. You, I, I think quite often when you're starting a project, it can feel quite daunting to go, oh my God, there's only a, you know, a thousand possible listeners in the world that fit this, fit this thing. I think that's perfect because once you've kind of nailed that and you feel like you really kind of serve that audience really well, then you can start to kind of broaden your horizons from there. So I think, um, yeah, that's a really healthy way to think about it, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I, I know that we hear the massive success stories. I know that you know, starting in September, we're all going to be gunning for that top spot in Apple Podcasts because Joe Rogan's podcast isn't going to be there. But <laughs> right, um, yep. you know, maybe don't gun for the top spot. Look for the look exactly. for the hundred or the thousand people that will really resonate with you because it goes back to know, like, and trust. And if you can, if you can create super fans, um, yep. which is a, a, another concept that I didn't come up with or whatever. Um, <laughs> Uh, then that'll be much better for your business. Yep, one hundred percent agree. And uh, and I think everyone that listens to this show is is well, maybe there's lots of people that are trying to be the next Joe Rogan, but I think that really is a, a lottery ticket type scenario. I think yeah. it's really really hard to make something that truly reaches millions of people unless you are backed by any a huge existing network or a great deal of money or some other secret source that I'm not privy to. Um, uh, so I, I think right. that if you can, if you can, you know, a lot of folks, certainly what I'm interested in is making a, a, a small, uh, bootstrap business that provides for me and my family. And that doesn't need to be the number one podcast in, in Apple podcast for that to happen. It needs to serve a real purpose to a really specific audience. Um, and, uh, and that's, yeah and that's really great and i think and it's also really satisfying that you can that you can do that that you can provide that um you can cater to that need in a in a really kind of uh direct way i think that's i think that's something to be really proud of yeah and it's like it's super rewarding when you mm-hmm. when someone comes up to you and they're like i listen to your podcast and i i really get a lot of value of it somebody messaged me 
A former student of mine messaged me and said, I'm talking to a friend here and she loves your podcast. And I'm like, mm. there's no way that's true. Like they probably mean <laughs> like the NPR podcast. And he was like, no, she specifically mentioned your name. And I'm like, that's that so cool. is amazing. <laughs> so super, super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, awesome. So, so let's wrap up here with some tips for the listeners on how they can, let's say they're people listening are ready to start a podcast, uh, but they don't know, maybe they have their topic. How do they, how would you recommend they come up with some content to get started? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, what I would, what I would say is don't start with the idea and work out how you can find an audience for it to my point before, find, figure out who your audience is and work backwards from that. So once you've got that really clear vision of, of who, who your audience is and how you're going to serve them, um, then, then I think it's important to, to come to that goal. You know, what are you trying to get out of podcasting? Is it for an audience? Is it for networking? You know, because that's going to involve, that's going to kind of inform who you want to be speaking to on your show, or indeed, if you want to be speaking to anyone, you might not want guests. It might not be an interview show. Um, so once you're kind of armed with both of those pieces of information, the rest starts to fill its fill itself in. So, um, yeah, if you're if you're looking to network, then you know you want to go out, reach out, and interview um, people that are in your field. And uh, and and so you might you know want, let's say you want to make a, a thirty minute interview show. Um, if you know if we're trying to get leads into the funnel, then we want to be kind of educating people and making kind of really educational content. Um, so I hope that's not too vague an answer. Like, I, can I, I don't know if I can be more specific here. What would be helpful? Uh, I think, <laughs> I feel I like think I haven't answered the question. No, I think that's perfect, right? Because I mean, you know, the, the common things you hear, look at, look at blog posts you wrote, wrote and just convert that into a, a podcast. Mm-hmm. I think that is a way to put out some content, right. but it's not, it's not the way to, uh, put out the content people are willing to share, right? I think, and I can definitely speak to this. Like I made a fatal, not a fatal error, obviously, um, (laughs) but a a big error in my own messaging for my podcast course, because Mm -hmm. I made the assumption that I was talking to an audience that already knew they wanted a podcast. So it was all about saving you time and blah, blah, blah. Well, after my first week after my sales launch, um, you know, I didn't sell that many and I emailed everybody who didn't bought and I said, Hey, why didn't you buy the course? And I got a lot of, I'm not ready to start a podcast right now, or I don't really need a podcast. And I'm like, great. So my audience, yeah. Right. I'm like, my audience actually first needs to be convinced that they need a podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, so how do I do that? My messaging has completely changed. Um, because now I'm telling them all of the benefits of podcasting. Mm-hmm. And how they can easily get started. So I think yeah, that's, that's super important. Yeah, and and yeah. So I, I like like you said. I think you know if we're if we're looking for like quick hacks to make content, then exactly to your point, like repurpose the YouTube content you're already making. You know, strip out the video and and make an edit out of it. You can you know go dip into the blog posts that you've already written and turn those into um, into podcasts. That that's fine, and like there's a pur- you know those those serve a purpose, but that doesn't really make a standout show. Like like I mentioned before, we want to try and make the person who we're trying to reach, we want to make their favorite show, and that's that's not going to do that. So um, I guess that's why it's hard to give like a really specific and actionable piece of advice on how to make content, um, because I think you just it really depends on those two two inform- pieces of information that we've discovered, like why the podcast and who's your listener. Um, and I think once, yeah, once you know those, the rest just kind of starts to, to make a bit more sense. Yeah. And, uh, I, I've, again, I don't, uh, you should give that advice more credit because that is very actionable. Who is your audience? If you already have a mailing list, email them and say, mm-hmm. what are you struggling with? Right. Then maybe you can answer those people, your audience's question on the podcast, right? Um, you know, ask them the problems that they're trying to solve and then see if that works best. Figure out the audience you're going to serve. So love exactly. that. Love that. I uh, I do need to end with my last question, my favorite sure. question. It's um this question, I'll say it, it collides a little bit with the tips for listeners question, but I still need to ask it because I've asked it on every single episode. Do you have <laughs> any trade secrets for us? Any trade secrets? Okay. Uh, my trade secret is... 
Spotify. Spotify is a real opportunity. Um, Spotify is, uh, as many people will know, comes from the music background. They've, they're a music streaming service and they're getting into podcasting. They've bought Joe Rogan's podcast. There's a lot of kind of talk about them in the space and they're doing a lot of things. They've bought Anchor, which is the podcasting host podcast hosting platform. They're really pushing hard into this content. Um, if you spend some time going through this, the Spotify catalog, um, first of all, you might run into my podcast. I'm very happy to say they've, <laughs> they've featured it here now and then. So we've nice. spent a lot of time kind of digging into that platform and like what what's making it work. And actually they're they're kind of the way that they're surfacing new content is really interesting as it compares to apple um and so i think that making content thinking about what uh what kind of content people listening on spotify want and trying to kind of um optimize for that at least in the short term um i think is really really interesting so uh, my my trade secret would be go listen to a bunch of podcasts on spotify look at what's being featured look at what kind of content they think is relevant to um, to their unique audience because you know their their audience skews a little bit younger than the traditional podcasting audience mm. um, uh, and, and all kinds of other things. So yeah, spend some time with Spotify and think about how that might inform what kind of podcast you're making. Wow, uh, I'm going to take that trade secret. This is like, uh, this <laughs> might be uh, a first. This might be the, the first like legit trade secret um, <laughs> because Spotify only still accounts for like 10%, I think, of podcasts. But right, it's man. been a very fast and furious 10% growth. Incredibly right? fast and furious yeah. and it, it ain't stopping anytime soon. With Joe Rogan moving across, a lot of people are going to go over there. Um, I think it's a really, really exciting, exciting platform. I'm, I'm cert- personally, I'm spending a lot of time thinking about. So, yeah. Awesome. I'm absolutely going to dig into that more. So thank you for that. Harry, thank you so much for your time. Where can people find you? You can find me, uh, I'm on Twitter at Podcast Harry. Um, and you can find everything else you need to know about us at lowerstreet.co. Awesome. I will link to that and everything we talked about in the show notes over at howibuilt.it. Harry, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks, Joe. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much to Harry for joining us this week. I really enjoy talking to Harry. We met at Podcast Movement a couple weeks, a couple years ago, a couple weeks ago, a couple years ago, and uh, we've remained in touch. And I really love the work he's doing. His trade secret surprised me. Spotify being a real opportunity for podcasting. So, I had some homework after this episode, and if you are interested in podcasting, now I think you do too. Uh, You can find links to Harry and his shows and everything he does and everything we talked about over at howibuilt.it slash 181. Thanks so much to Yes Please, Text Expander, and iThemes for sponsoring this episode. Their support helps me put together the show, so be sure to say thank you to them. If you liked this episode, be sure to give it a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And until next time, get out there and build something.